Did you ever think it would become the thing that it became? Did that, that ever cross your mind? Did you understand the concept of what, what we were entering here? What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Chasing It here on the 3013. Trey Wingo here with Chase Daniel. Um, we got a lot to talk about. We have a very special guest, Chase, coming up uh, on the show. Do we want to just tease that information? Yeah. Do you want to tell him who? Do you want to tell him who it is? Go ahead. Tell Travis him. Kelsey, baby, let's go. You may have heard of him. He might have been talked about in some ways that have nothing to do with football. But <laughs> Travis will be joining us in just yeah. a few minutes. And, and we'll get to all of that, I promise. But we got to start with what we saw on, on Monday night. It was an epic disaster for the Giants as they fall 24-3 to the Seahawks. And, and listen, I want to be, be fair about this, Chase. Yes, it was really bad for the Giants, but it was also really impressive for the Seahawks. That defense, and I get it, I get it. The Giants' offense is not good. Okay, we know that. Um, but that was a suffocating defensive performance, perhaps by the new Legion of Boom under Pete Carroll. Yeah, that was insane to me. I mean, I was watching just – I was at my kids' basketball practice, and I had it pulled up, and it just seemed like the Giants could get nothing going whatsoever. And then as we were in our group text, in our group chat, yeah. you know, people are saying, oh, it's the Giants that suck. Oh, it's the Seahawks. That are, and the more I watch it – the more I think, yeah, the Giants have a lot of fixing to do, and we can get into that. But what was more impressive to me was Seattle. I mean, offensively, yeah. they didn't do a whole bunch. They did enough to win. Gino, Gino, to me, like, it's not being talked about enough. Like, he got hurt a little bit, hurt his knee, came back in. But what he's been able to do, like, the career resurgence there has been, like, so not talked about, and it needs to be yeah. talked about more. But that defense – by Devin Witherspoon, like, like, come, like, career night, welcome to the NFL, pick six, two sacks, seven tackles, like, I mean, the He, he recovered the fumble as well. He, re yeah. he recovered the fumble as well. Like, he yeah. was all over the place, uh, fifth overall pick in the draft, so he is living up to expectations. The Geno thing is interesting, because I talked about it a lot last year, when he, you know, he won comeback play of the year, and people were like, what did he come back from? I said, he came back from sucking. Like, that's, <laughs> like, it's, it's so much harder. Like, oh if you were good... But, like, I'm being honest and being respectful yeah, no, of Gino yeah. here. Like, if you are really, really good, right, and then you have an injury and you come back to being good, well, you were good before. I, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not discounting somebody coming back from an ACL because I know the preparation and training and, and dedication it takes to go through that rehab or an Achilles, all that kind of stuff. But if you were good before and you're able to come back to being good again, I think it's way harder to not be good and then suddenly be really good. I think that's way more difficult. There's no doubt. And, and the thing that I keep coming back to is like, what, what clicked in him to yeah. make him have the year yeah. he had last year? Like, he, like did, did he do something different in the offseason? Did he, did he change his diet? Did he, like, it's just like the play calls get better, the offensive coordinator get better. Like, to me, that's what I'm interested in. I want to we got to get him on the show because I want to talk to him because I want to yeah. give him props because like everyone knows the debacle that he got like punched in the face, right? Like the, all that stuff. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. 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 And, and then to do this and then to have the year he had last year to get paid and then to, to continue the success 
And Seattle like owns MetLife. I saw something where they're like yeah. eight and zero or seven and zero in MetLife. They're six and zero like, since twenty ten, including the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. But, but, but like, it's wild to me. Th- those stats are crazy because there's that that twenty ten team has nothing to do with this team. That that's sort of yeah. a fluky thing more than anything else. But I, I, before we move on to the Giants portion of this, I want to get your take. Geno has come out and said he thought the tackle by Isaiah Simmons was dirty when yeah. his when his ankle got rolled up. I I didn't see it that way. Like I mean. I guess obviously you're very protective of everything yeah. you do and you, you think someone hits you low late. I understand that, but it didn't feel like uh, Simmons was diving on his ankles. Yeah, it didn't it didn't feel like watching it live, it didn't feel like it was dirty. Okay, but that is the number one reason why they outlawed the horse collar. That is the exact Correct. reason. Like like he could have easily twisted an ankle or twisted broken his knee leg. up and broken a leg and been done for like the year. I mean, you're yeah. talking about a franchise quarterback here. So on the field, it didn't, and then I kept rewatching and kept rewatching it, and 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 I don't think it was dirty. I don't think he meant to do that. It felt dirty because one, it was late. Two, it was on a franchise quarterback, which you know Seattle yeah. doesn't want to lose their guy. Um, right. And then I think it was like a rallying point, right? Like Seattle and Pete Carroll, they always try to find these rallying points. It's like it's us against the world. Like we're right. doing this, we're doing that, and I think that's sort of like. What happened last night when they saw Gino? They were like, "All right, let's lock in." Okay, it's dirty. Gino thinks it's dirty. We're going after the Giants, and they just ended up whooping their butt the rest of the game. Yeah, they they really did. And so now let's get to the team that had their butt whooped, and that's the Giants. And, and I want to throw out some numbers because they are what they are, um, and the Giants have to find a way to deal with them. Look, you know that I've said this all along. I do not believe wins and losses are a quarterback stat. So mm-hmm. I preface this by saying. Daniel Jones has quarterbacked the Giants seven times on Monday Night Football. In those games, the Giants are 0-7. They've been outscored by 82 points. They have a negative 82-point differential in those seven games, which means they're losing these games by double digits, by an average of double digits. They lost by 21 last night. Uh, So add into context that in those seven games, Daniel Jones has thrown uh, 11 interceptions to eight touchdown passes. And in the game last night, Daniel Jones lost his 24th fumble. That's the most since he came into the league for any player since 2019. I preface that by all saying, no matter what we think about wins and losses, the Giants have a problem with Daniel Jones on Monday night games. I mean, they have a problem with Daniel Jones in general because it just doesn't Period. seem to be clicking. Yeah, like not, forget about Monday night. Just in, 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 like they they started really well last year. They won some tight games and then ended up sputtering down down the uh, end of the stretch last season. And then I've obviously like I think they led for what se- you send this at seventeen seconds. Uh, on Nineteen seconds this year. Nineteen, 19 seconds. seconds. Okay, sorry, sorry, I forgot two seconds. Nineteen <laughs> yeah, seconds. You like, shorted them yeah. too. <laughs> I shorted them two seconds. But like, like that to me is like, is it Daniel Jones? Okay, first of all, like, yes, like there's got to be some fixing. Is it play calls? Is it obviously, obviously, it's him turning the ball over. Like you cannot win, and that's what we saw on the sideline with Dayball. Like he was getting after Daniel Jones because he's like. Dude, yeah. you can't throw a pick six, which arguably leads, uh, thanks to Chen Star producer, to a 15-point swing because they were going to go for two. Absolutely. No and question. So that, that's the game. Like, in the NFL, people don't understand. This game is won and lost on, like, five plays within the game. Like, Correct. don't screw it up. Make plays. But there's four to six. We did a study about it in New Orleans. 
four to six yeah. plays over a 60, 65 play game that's going to win or lose you. So you don't know when it's coming. And those plays are six seconds long. So there's 24 seconds in an NFL game that might cost you the game. And boy, did it ever last night. And that's the thing. Like, is it the offense? Is it not? But I can tell you what, that offensive line needs some help, man. Well, like when you give yeah. up, was it 11, 11. sacks? 11 when you sacks. give up 11 it, it, sacks, like you, it, you can't even do your job. You can't, like, I'm going back there. He's hitting his back foot. Like, I sort of feel bad for him at that point after the pick six, yeah. three turnovers. But, like, the offensive line, like, give him something. Like, get some quick game out, get some screens, draws, runs. Like, it's just really frustrating as a quarterback to go into that game at, on the sideline even or, like, me watching at home and understand, like, guys, what are we doing? You obviously can't protect, like – Chip, uh, chip, chip a defensive end. Go have your back double the guy with multiple sacks. I mean, there was three or four guys with two sacks last night. Like, it's just – it was a debacle in New York last night. Yeah, and, and to be totally fair to Daniel Jones, nobody's winning if you get sacked 11 times. They, the, the, the NFL record is 12 because stat, sacks didn't become an official stat since 1982. There was a game, I think, between the Giants and the Eagles in the 60s or 50s where there was 14, but those are unofficial because st- uh, sacks weren't an official stat since 1982. So they were one shy, Seahawks were – of the record. Here's the bigger picture for the Giants now. This is who they are, okay? And, and they made the playoffs last year. They paid Daniel Jones the contract they paid him. Uh, Saquon Barkley got, got a little bit of bump. Saquon didn't play. If Saquon plays, I think the offense is better. There's no question about it. But is this Giants team fixable four weeks in? I mean, yeah. Or four games I mean, every, in, rather. Yeah, four games in. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course they're fixable, but... That, I mean, every team is fixed. We, we've always said on this show, and you agree with me, finally, like, you know who you are four games in. Like, that's, like, you know who you are, especially defenses can figure it out a little bit sooner. For me, I've always been every single team I've been on. Four to five games in, three, four, five games in, you know who your identity is on offense and what you do. Can it be fixed? Absolutely. I was talking about this the other day with some buddies of mine on a group text, a quarterback group text. In, in uh, 2012, Saints, we started 0-4. We were god-awful. Okay, We run four of our next yeah. six Okay, to, to get into 5-5. Five to five, five and five. All right? And that's what we ended up in our season. We didn't end up winning the playoffs. So, like, there's hope. Okay? They've got to win, right? I mean, what's the record? One and three? One and three. One and three. And it's just like they seem like they're 0-4 and they haven't won because – of how they, how they won that one game against Arizona. They came back. They, they honestly should right. be 0-4. There is hope, but that's the thing. That's when it comes down to coaching. That's when it comes down to Kafka and Dayball saying, hey, hey, let's pull back here. What are we good at offensively? Okay, what do we do well? That's a great question, actually. And and that's a great question. That is a really good question. Yes, yes. Like, you have to find your identity. This is a team to me that hasn't found their identity. Now, there's always ways to to make it work, but you're sort of masking just not a very good offense right now. Yeah. Okay, a couple more things from this before I move on, because your expertise as a quarterback, what's it like when you're, you're, you're lining up behind a line that you know cannot protect you? Like, Let's be, you're always going to say the right things in the, in the locker room and all the kind yeah. of stuff into the media. But inside your brain, when you're going back to snap, uh, you're, you're going back and you're either under center about to take a shotgun and you realize these guys are going to give me a second and a half. What, what is your – because Sam Darnold got grilled the other a couple of years ago. Said, For man, I'm seeing ghosts. He's not alone. That happens to yeah. everybody when they're under yeah. attack, when they're under siege. Take me through the mentality of what it's like knowing the guys up in front of you got no chance to stop the guys they're trying to block. 
Yeah, well, after about three or four sacks, I'm just saying, do your damn job. Like, give me a chance yeah. to do my job. Do your job. You have a throw me guys a freaking bone here. Yeah, throw me a bone here, guy. Like, like, just do your job. It's not that. It's listen. When you're struggling, you're struggling. If, if I'm a quarterback in that situation, I'm going to the offensive coordinator, the play caller. Hey, bro, let's just get some screens out. Let's get the run game going. They weren't out of the game for the entire game. It was close. It was within two scores most of the game. They pulled away late. Correct. Like, don't go away from your run game. Figure out the run game. Get these guys, these big old linemen settled in so they can go run block like that's that's the biggest thing to me is like guys if you're not doing your job up front how in the hell do you expect me to do my job especially the way seattle's playing and seattle got after him like you got to give them credit but at the end of the day 11 i mean historical performance by seattle yeah it was and i just you know the giants construct going into the season was we had to pay a core quarterback because we were kind of stuck and it's the worst position to be in with a quarterback. Like, you know he's not a top-tier franchise guy, but you know he's he, – the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, right? And that's sort of the way they went into this season. And so far, it might be looking like the devil they didn't know might have been a better option. So, But now they're stuck to it with that money for a few years. So we'll see what happens there. Okay, if the Giants are a mess, there's another team uh, that might be a bigger mess. And that's the New England Patriots. You know, yeah. Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys just handed Bill Belichick the worst loss of his 29-year head coaching career in the NFL. 38-3 to was the that's final wild. score. Chase, here's the problem for me. I don't know how it's fixable in New England because Mac Jones was benched in that game. He was serving him up. By the way, tip of the cap to, to Dan Quinn the uh, the Dallas yeah. defensive coordinator has done an, a, a remarkable job. Remember, they don't have their second-best defensive player, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. Uh, Deron Bland was moved to the outside because of that, and he had a couple of interceptions and a pick-six in that game. Like The defense of the Cowboys is swarming. Ask the Jets, yeah. ask the Giants. For inexplicable reasons, the Cardinals had success with them. I guess it was we'll call a trap <laughs> game, so we have to let that go. But the Patriots are in real trouble, okay? Yeah. They have quarterback issues. They are bereft of, of offensive playmakers that scare a defense. Uh, and their division is as tough as it's been in Bill Belichick's entire tenure in yeah. New England. It used to be a layup drill for New England to win the division, get a home playoff game. Now it is arguably the deepest and toughest division in football. And they're four out of four in that division. How does it get better in New England? Because I don't see it. It doesn't. It, I mean, it, how, yeah. how can it? It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. It, it's it, in... And honestly, like you had a chance this, this offseason to do something about the quarterback position. And I'm not saying like last year we didn't know enough about Mac Jones. And now I think we're try, starting to find out. I don't know if he's the answer. I don't think he's the answer. But you had, a, you, you had an opportunity to go and to, to get a quarterback in free agency, like even a Teddy Bridgewater or anyone of that stature and nature. T Taylor Heineke even would do better because he's got some swagger to him. Like I think yeah. to me at the end of the day, and we know it's the most important position in football. It comes down to the quarterback. And when the quarterback doesn't have playmakers and when the quarterback throws um, as many interceptions and turns the ball over as much as Mac did, like you're going to have issues. I don't know if this is purely on Bill Belichick. However, it just looks like there's no way – like what are they going to end up doing offensively that's going to fix it? Their defense has never been an issue. I know they gave up 38 um, but it, it, it two of those were me, two of those were defensive scores exactly. by the by the Dallas Cowboys. And and when you play that well on defense and your offense doesn't get going, like 
there's going to be some stuff in the locker room where they got to fix it. And, and yeah. Bill's, listen, Bill's going to go down as the best coach of all time. It's not even close in my opinion. And when you say it well, like that, okay, but when you say it like that, this, this whole conversation brought me back to, is it was like when, when, when Brady was there, okay, it, yeah. was it Brady or was it Belichick? And boy, boy, it's looking like it was Brady that held that ship together forever. Well, you know, it's interesting. I had a lot of Patriots uh, fans come at me when I put it up there. And they're like, well, they started one and three before, two and two before. Yeah, and Tom was your quarterback, okay? <laughs> this is like, so it makes different. A frickin', it makes a freaking difference. Where were you, by the way, where were you playing in 2014? 2014, I was with the Chiefs. Chiefs. You were with the yeah. Chiefs. So you were part of Chiefs, that 38 to 14 Monday night beatdown, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, where, yep. where at one point that was the biggest uh, blowout yeah. in, in Belichick's career. Yeah, we got and, after you know, him. Everyone, everyone at ESPN that year was, was bashing the Patriots. Like, oh, they're done. And I remember we went on NFL Live the next day and said, let's just pump the brakes. Okay, this Calm is down. Belichick and Brady we're talking about. No, oh, by the way, not to blow my own horn, but I'm going to. They went on to win the Super Bowl that year. Okay? They went on to win the Super Bowl that year. Everyone else was like, they're done. They're buried. I'm like, they have Brady and Belichick. This team does not have Brady and Belichick. And I'm not sure how much longer they're going to have Bill Belichick. Because I know. let's go down yeah. the road here, Chase. You know, this is this is a what have you done for me now league. It's not, hey, yeah. great 25 years. That shit doesn't matter anymore. Okay, look at look at the Patriots post uh, Tom Brady. 2020, COVID year disaster. Cam Newton, don't make the playoffs. 2021, they draft Mac Jones. Uh, they sneak in as a wild card and then get boat raced by Buffalo in the wild card round. 2022, they don't make the playoffs. It's going the other way. And it sure as hell doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs in 2023, 2024. So if you're, if you're Robert Kraft, okay, how much longer? Because there has been friction. Don't, no matter what anyone says, there has been a lot of friction over the years between Belichick and Kraft. Belichick wanted to get rid of Tom Brady three times before he got rid of him, okay? Yeah. And basically every time Kraft said, you're not doing it. And the last time they said, finally, we're, we're going to move on. And having moved on, it's been an epic disaster. Yeah. What is Bill Belichick's uh, leash in New England right now? Yeah. Like, how long can this go on before Bob Kraft has to say, hey, buddy, you were great, but we, we can't miss the playoffs every three out of every four years. I mean, that, that is such a hard question because, in my opinion, he's the GOAT, right? Bill Belichick, yeah. man. Everyone understood what he's done for this game. That is not being denied here. And when you have that situation, yeah, I know. But when you have that situation, it it makes you think like, okay, yeah, I know the last three or four years have been a crapshoot and we haven't been doing well. I think, and I think it's just got to be, I think it's got to be Bill's call. I don't think Robert Kraft can go in and say, hey, you're fired. Like, like that would just look awful on him as an owner of the almighty Patriots, I, I think that they're going to have a conversation unless this season turns around at the end, like, hey, Bill, like, we're, you're not going to get fired because we owe that to you, but, like, do you want to keep doing this? You're 70-something yeah. years old. Like, 71. Do you, do you wanna, 71. Like, do you want to keep doing this? If you do, okay, but you got one more. Like, I think it's going to be very just like that unless Bill just said, hey, I'm done. Like, I don't have Brady anymore. I'm done. Like, all right, I've had, oh, I've had, I've would, had him for three or four so years. That would be so hard for him to admit, Chase. I know. Do you know how hard he, he would never say? admit it, though. He would never admit it. He yeah. just, but, like, in him – Inside, it's like, hey, this league isn't the same anymore. Like, maybe it's just time to just go off right off to the sunset, get on my boat, hang, hang out with my girlfriend, and relax. 
Well, I, first of all, I don't think he has that girlfriend anymore, but that's a separate issue. No. We're, we're staying away from girlfriends in this show, okay? Let's, let's just be clear. That's a theme. That's a theme I set that you we'll up. explore later. That's a theme oh. that we'll explore later uh, in this show with a certain somebody. Uh, but it, it's just hard for me to imagine him. Like, this is all he knows. Like, this is, this is what he is. This is, who he, this is his, who he is at his core. It's really fascinating because, you know, if it, let's say they finish 6-11, and 11, okay? Oh. Or seven and ten, or you know whatever. Like yeah. I don't know if you can sell that to a fan base which has been having expectations like this every year, and that's a real thing that Robert Kraft is going to have to decide. But that's just the thing. Like they don't. He does have to decide that, and it's a tough situation. But just look at the team and the talent. It's not there. Like. It, yeah, yeah, Bill but Belichick Bill's, but Bill's the de facto general manager as well. Bill, like he's the one Bill that's is the ultimately together. the guy. Exactly. He's the ultimate mm-hmm. guy that is the GM putting the team together, but they don't have the talent. So that, that to me is a whole nother side to the spectrum. Well, listen, it's, it's, this is the way it goes. It gets better or it gets gone. No matter who you are. That's <laughs> yeah. the way it is in the NFL. So like, true. The, the Eagles didn't think that Andy Reid was good enough. Okay. Which is the Eagles didn't think that Andy Reid was good enough. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but before we move on to something else, since we're talking about Mac Jones here, you know, the 2021 draft was just a couple of years ago. And look at the quarterbacks taken in the first round of the 2021 draft. Trevor Lawrence went number one overall. And I want to be clear, everyone thought that Trevor Lawrence should have been the number one quarterback. in the draft. He had every, you want to go down the list, check, 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 check. He's got it all from Clemson. His first year was not good. His second year was better with Doug Peterson, his Super Bowl winning head coach. And though, so he goes into this year, and you give him Calvin Ridley. They have, yeah. uh, you know, Zay Jones. They have Evan Ingram. They Kirk. have Travis, Travis Etienne. They have Christian Kirk. They have all these weapons. I don't think he's made the step forward people thought he was going to make this year. So I'm going to give Trevor Lawrence. He's been okay so far. Yeah. I think that's yeah. fair. Despite yeah. what happened uh, Sunday night, best game of Zach Wilson's career, he has been an abject disaster. I do yeah. respect him, though. I want, I want to be clear about this. The yeah, thing that impressed me the most about Zach was accountability. Like yeah. on the sidelines of that Sunday night loss to the Chiefs, he was telling teammates, I cost us the game. Thomas the Morstead, he, he had his arm around yes. Thomas Morstead. It's my guy, dude. And yes, Thomas is like yes. an ultimate leader. And for, for the cameras to say that about Zach, like, and Zach, yeah. or, sorry, for the cameras to catch that with Zach saying yeah. that to Thomas, it's like, okay, like I feel for this guy. But I respect that because just a yeah. year ago, he was like, I don't need to apologize to anybody. That, that's a sign of maturation that gives you yep. hope. But you have to say it's been a disaster since then, since 2020. Yeah. He, he's last 100%. in almost every important category, okay? Yeah. Then you have Trey Lance, who's on the bench in Dallas, the third quarterback third. behind Dak and Cooper yeah. Rush, all right? Uh, we just talked about Mac Jones and Justin Fields and the Bears can't get anything to work. Some of it's Justin. Some of it's clearly coaching. Yeah. They're already talking about, do you trade him because you're going to maybe have Caleb Williams? Right now they have the top two picks coming up in the draft. Uh, what do you do? The point I'm trying to make is everyone wants to draft a quarterback until you draft a quarterback and it doesn't work out. It's not that fucking easy is what I'm trying yeah. to tell you. People always no. say, oh, we'll just we'll get this quarterback and everything. Will. No, it's not that easy. Five in 2021 and only one of them is even remotely on pace to being what the team that drafted thought he was going to be. Yeah, and that's the that's I'm, I mean, I'm li- that's why I keep looking off the side because I keep looking and seeing these guys. Okay, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Kellamon, and Davis Mills. Like, uh, and, and we talked about like, hey, let's re-rank them. But I just, I go back to like, just evaluating quarterbacks is such 
a crapshoot. All these guys Absolutely. were taken in the first three rounds. The last guy taken, number 67, very high in the third round. Brock Purdy, mystery yeah. relevant. He's won his all nine starts where he started and finished the game. Like, that to me is like, well, why didn't they draft him earlier? Like, what did he have? Because they didn't like, think he was that good. Because they, if Tom, they had, if they thought yes. he was that good, they would have drafted him earlier. Tom Tom Brady, like it's just the evaluation of these quarterbacks. Like, look at myself; I was undrafted, man. I played 14 years in the league. Like, you don't know going. You, are the you king, hope, brother. You hope, you hope, you know, but you don't. Okay, here's my question to you, and I and let just re rank them. Okay? okay, I'll go, I'll go first because I think it's I think it's actually pretty pretty cool. These 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 guys that I said. Okay, honestly, like I'll take Trevor Lawrence as one. Like I would do that. I would agree. No doubt. Okay. Agree. And then, and then I would honestly, I would go Justin Fields. I love what he's able to do if the coaching is right. And then I would do, oh my gosh, honestly, maybe right? like Davis Mills, like right? at yeah. least like somewhat of a, of an opportunity. Um, I guess I'm going to go Mac Jones, then Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Kellamon, Caltrask. It's just like well, these guys. Like it's just there's no evidence on like what it's going. But I be, yeah, I would Trey, go like top three. You go Tre Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Davis Mills. Uh, yeah, and and I I think that's the only I think that's the only logical way you can do it. Now Fields is still interesting. Is he is he salvageable? Yes, but he has to do yeah. something besides run. Okay. Yeah. And, and Jimmy Jimmy Johnson said it best on the Fox pregame show. For this year, forget it. Just make him a running quarterback and and, and figure it out. But, you know, if, if you believe that Caleb Williams is going to be that thing, and again, it's yeah. a crapshoot. Nobody can yeah. say with any certainty. No one knows. Um, yeah. that, that that's going to be the case. Um, then, then maybe you do that. But you're, you're just rolling the dice again. I mean, just look yeah. at the Jets. Sam Darnold, <laughs> a third overall 2018. That didn't work. Let's go Zach Wilson, 2021 second overall. Let's bring in a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, yeah. Can, you can keep doing the hamster wheel, but you better land the right fucking hamster. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, otherwise, you're just doing this hamster. the entire time over and over again. Uh, and, and I feel bad for Trey Lance because I think he got screwed by the 49ers. And yeah. I understand why they did what they did. But they drafted him knowing he needed reps. They drafted him knowing he needed reps because he play, hardly played in college. So they were looking on the upside of potential, of potential value there. So the problem for him is I give him an incomplete grade because he hasn't really had an ability to show yeah. himself. Because last year he got hurt and then Brock Purdy set the world on fire. So of course they're going to favor Brock Purdy. Yeah. Trey Lance is in quarterback hell that some people find themselves in, like Josh Rosen was a couple of years ago. I have no idea what Josh Rosen could have been in the NFL. He was put in a shitty situation, bounced around and around. Like, where you land matters. Look, Patrick Mahomes was going to be Patrick Mahomes anywhere. But the fact that he landed with Andy Reid, yeah. who every Good, quarterback he's no, ever no had has been their best under Andy Reid. Yeah. Uh, like, Patrick Mahomes is here, and had he not gone to Andy Reid, he might be here. So it's yeah. small, but going to Andy Reid was perfect for Patrick Mahomes. No doubt. So speaking of that, the, the Chiefs get a win on Sunday night. They're 3-1, and one, and if Kadarius Toney had hands, they'd probably be 4-0 uh, after that Thursday night loss. If he hadn't gone out there with bloody stumps, you know, and he had, had fingers, they'd probably be 4-0. Um, where are we on Kansas City? Because this is clearly the best defense they've ever had under yeah. Patrick Mahomes. But it's also clearly an offense that has yet to find its rhythm uh, with if, if Travis Kelsey isn't a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, to me, they're, 
I mean, they're the best team in the AFC. Like, come on. Like, the Bills won pretty last week. Okay, that's great. Like, the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. And, and that's, that's the thing. Like, they're able to – they have the best defense. Like, one of the best defenses in all of the AFC, yeah. okay? If not the I NFL. Agree. Um, at least top two or three. Dallas, I think, is number one. But what's crazy about it is that, honestly, they should be 4-0 without the bloody stumps. But they're 3-1, and <laughs> and they go on the road in a hostile environment, which is the Jets, and they end up taking – that game okay and and why do they end up taking that game well it wasn't because of patrick mahomes it was because the defense at the end made enough plays to move it in the right direction and that to me is like if you can go and you can get a win like an ugly win it still counts as a w, a w. like it still counts in that win column like i don't care now what I did like about them, and I know they did it to Chicago the week before, but they finally got that offense on track. They're rolling and going and, and moving, and I know it's against that, that Bears defense, but you build this as you go. The season's built. They're going to play 20 games this year, okay? They've only played four. Yeah. It's sort of like the NBA. Like, you're just building slowly as you go. If you can win these games that maybe are ugly or that you just pull out that you aren't supposed to win. Do you remember that game? I mean, you probably do because you remember every single game. It was 2009, the year we won the Super Bowl. And Robert Meacham, we were playing in Washington. We were getting yep. our butts kicked. Hand to him. Drew drops back on like third and 16, third and 18, throws up a heave, gets picked off. The guy's running back, fumbles, and Robert Meacham gets it Watch and runs play. for a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Hustle play. Like, those are the type of play. Like, we had no business winning that game we started 13 and 0 there's a few yeah. games like that where you gotta win to build that confidence and then just figure out who you are offensively defensively and as a team and the chiefs like i mean it's just like it's like clockwork three and one okay now we're in the month of october you go three and one or four and zero. Oh. like that's how you do it you break it up into months of the season every good team i've been on it's quarters of the season take the first yeah. four okay here it is take the next four Win one at a time, just keep building off of that. And that's, I think, what the Chiefs are doing. I think they're the best team in the AFC. Right. The only problem I have for Kansas City is that they need to start finding reliable wide receivers. Uh, I mean, look, yeah. Mahomes at third and 22, he's going to do what he's going to do. You know, nobody, he, people don't appreciate his running pass nearly as much as they should. Like, he's, he's freaking insane at, at good yeah. at that and, and finding ways to set up your, the team to, with, with a run to yeah. close out a game. There, there are incredible stats on that. But Sky Moore, two straight games, no receptions, that's a problem. Uh, Rasheed Rice is a rookie. I think he's coming on. They need, I think, what I think they need, I think they need to get more reps uh, for Justin Ross. And they've yep. got to find, they've got to find Kadarius Toney more often. Like, those guys need to build because they can't rely simply, by the way, the running game for the Chiefs is amazing right now. Yeah. With that three-added monster of McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, and, Pacheco. and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah. Pacheco always runs like he wants to hurt somebody. So <laughs> hard, bro. He's like, I love how he runs. And honestly, like I was, I was pissed off because I saw him on that on that long run on Sunday night, and he how he does his little like his little dance. And right away when yeah. he was because I wanted to see right away when they did that, they cut to Taylor Swift. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to see Taylor Swift anymore. Come on, what are we doing? Like, do your little dance. Yeah. I'm like, you can't even get this guy on primetime TV doing his dance. I was I was not happy with that. Yeah. By the way, did did you just say Taylor Swift? I. Did I? Oh my gosh! Yeah, we weren't I think, supposed I think to mention of this show. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, the season, and the planet. Apparently, <laughs> uh, Chiefs tight end <laughs> Travis Kelsey is here. Travis, what's up, man? Trey, what up, dog? Chase, uh, man, I miss you, Kels. bro. 
I know, man. Yep. I miss you guys too, man. Look at this stash you got going, El Travador, man. Why, why you rock? Why did you decide to rock that, man? I like it because you got a good beard, like me. You know what I'm saying? But like, you're making me want to do the do the mustache right now. <laughs> it's a powerful move, man. It's a power move. No, nah, man. I, uh, I I don't know. I feel like I've had every other facial hair in the game for at least a season or a half a season. So we'll see how long this thing rides out, but. Uh, for right now, man, awesome. it feels electric right now. Yeah, it is electric. I mean, without getting into detail, clearly it's working for you. Um, so with with that in mind, you know, everyone wants to talk about this special relationship, but I, I think they're focusing on the wrong thing. I want to talk about the relationship between you and Patrick Mahomes, okay? All right. Because since he became the starter, you guys have the most receptions for quarterback and a receiver, most receiving yards, quarterback and receiver, and most touchdown catches between a quarterback and a receiver. What is it about the relationship with you and Patrick dating back to 2018 that works so well? Man, um, <clears throat> to be honest, I think it's, uh, it's just a genuine uh, love for the game and love to compete with the guys next to you. Um, and then from there, you know, we, uh, we compete in just about everything off the field, too. So it's nonstop just always understanding a guy's competitive nature and kind of what he's thinking. Um, and I, I just think it's kind of just manifested into, into something that the league hasn't seen before, man. And it's, uh, it's been fun. But um, a lot of what you see out there on that field is me and, me and Pat being on the same page because of a guy named Andy Reid. You know, so it's, uh, it's, it kind of all just falls in line. So uh, we have fun with it, though, man. And that was, that's also the biggest thing. Well, when, when you were um, first coming into the league, obviously I was there first couple years. And then you had Alex for four or five years. And you had the transition. That's always been interesting to me. I never really got to talk to you about it. From Alex Smith, who, like, I know you have the utmost respect for, like, in oh. my opinion, like, top five teammate of all time. The dude is amazing. And what he was able to do with Patrick Mahomes that year, I think it was, what year was it, 16? Where he was drafted. Where he was drafted. 17. And then, 2017. 17, yeah, 2017, where he was drafted. And then you knew, like, that Denver game that year when Mahomes played, like, everyone knew like he was going to be the guy. What was the transition like from having Alex to going to Patrick and how easy was that of a transition? Because you guys have been to like five straight AFC championship games. It's unbelievable. Well, I think the biggest thing that Alex did was uh, show, show Pat how to, how to treat this game professionally. Right. And that's what he did for me. Uh, younger Anthony Fasano being in the room when I was younger, yes. those guys really helped make me focus on my professional approach and I think that was light years for Pat to be able to see, you know, how it's done uh, from one of the most studious guys in the in the league, the mo one of the most accountable guys in the league. And then on top of that, one of the best teammates like you just named, you know, being able to waver, you know, the ups and downs of a season um, and still be able to be that guy in the building every single week uh, at the forefront of things. I think that that was uh, that was legendary for for yeah. Pat to be able to experience that. Um, but for me, um, I think it's uh, it, it, I, like, I developed that, uh, that professionalism from being around Alex. And to be honest, towards the last like probably two to three years, I really started to feel um, the ability to not necessarily freelance, but start manipulating the routes a little bit here and there to get open for Alex. And um, I think when Pat kind of took over, uh, it was just, yo, get out there and get open, man. I'm, I don't care what this thing really looks like. Just find a way to get open. And it, and it just, you know, through practice and through all the training camp reps and just nonstop, you know, working together, I think it's all kind of just meshed together, man.
No. You mentioned Andy Reid, Big Red. Like, is there a line of demarcation with how much you can take this sort of creative thing? Like, we all go back to the, the, the pseudo lateral in the AFC Championship game last year. Is there is there ever a line where Big Red says, "Don't ever do that again"? You could. He doesn't necessarily have to even say it. He could just look at me after I do something. You know, yeah. I already know when I do it. I'm just like he's looking at me, and sure enough, staring right at me, giving me the. The stank eye. Got that thing. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's reel it back in here. Let's reel it back in here. Um, demartation, though, man. I'm going to have to look that one up. I think uh, I think what Coach Reed does best, though, is his ability to, you know, have a disciplined system and have the, have the respect out of everybody in the room. Um, still keep everybody in line and kind of inside of those parameters of getting too loose. And uh, me and Pat both, you know, we appreciate that that freedom to be able to go out there and just try and make plays. But uh, we know this offense, when it's fine-tuned and everybody's just doing their job, uh, like like Coach Reed teaches it, it's it's damn good just by itself. So, Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's, with that in mind, like you're in another transition year here, right? You, you lose uh, Tyreek last year, and you guys come out on a fire. He's, Pat throws five against the first week against the Cardinals. He ends up leading the league in passing touchdowns. Passing yards sets a single season record for most most single yards in an NFL season. We're in another transition here with a whole different bunch of wide receivers. Where are you on the on the maturation process of these guys, which clearly have talent in Tony yeah. and Rashi Rice and all these guys and Sky Moore trying to find his way? But where are you on, on these receivers, sort of getting on the same page that you and Pat are on? Yeah, I mean, well, with that comes reps, man. You got to have reps, and you you know that's why off season OTAs, training camp. You know, when Pat hosts these sessions in Texas or what will probably be his house next year now that he's got the, the, the field out That's back. Um, and the awesome. golf course. And the, yeah. yeah, nice little hole. <laughs> Go straight from the practice field to the, to the, to the golf course. Um, no, it's, uh, it just takes reps. It takes understanding, and it takes hearing the conversations between, you know, Pat and Marquez – about a scantling or Pat and the other quarterbacks or hearing coach Reed install these plays so many times that it's just ingrained in your mind, what's capable and what you're, what you're allowed to do versus certain coverages. Um, and, you know, I think these guys are learning really fast. You know, you see the, the spurts of them having big time plays and big time moments for us. Um, and, and that's, what's exciting, man. You see the kind of the, the manifestation of their ability to understand it and then go out there and perform it. And uh, it's 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 not a fast process by any means, but I think these guys are picking up on it uh, quicker than they than you know we've we've seen in the past for sure. Yeah, and and that's uh, Trav. That's the biggest thing too. Like with with these young receivers, and and I go back and I tell people this all the time. Like Andy Reid, in my opinion, as a coach that I've had because I've been on a lot of teams, played fourteen years. To me, he's like the best actual teacher of the game. We've, we can yeah. go back into all the quarterbacks he's had, how, how much he gets out of them. Like, what have you seen? And that's, this is interesting to me. Like, I don't even care about the viewers. Like, I'm just, I want to talk to you because I just want to know, like, the process on when we first got there, 13, 14, and 15, how mm -hmm. has it changed and evolved since he's been there? Because the game has changed, obviously. But also, like, he's, I'm, I'm sure he stayed true to himself. I mean, you were just telling me what you guys were doing on Tuesday walkthrough. It's exactly what we were doing back in 14 and 15 to keep ahead of the schedule. Like, what have you seen change from Big Red moving forward? Um, I, honestly, his, uh, his ability to be open 
to, you know, his, his understanding to be open to, to doing more stuff a certain way. You know, he's nonstop thinking of ways to keep evolving. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the greatest thing when you're a play caller, when you're, you're creating these plays and all of it, you know, I, and it's, it's, don't get me wrong. It's not just him. You know, it, I got to give a shout out to all the coaches in the building uh, for kind of being on board and everybody being in sync with uh, with each other for for the run game to match up with the pass game in the base and then for third down to make sense uh, for guys you know understanding what coverages are are, are possible and things like that uh, and then situational football I think Coach Reed's always been the best in the in the game when it comes to third downs third and short when the game's on the line you know big time plays I, I think he's always been the best prepared for those situations and had and has always had us uh, prepared better than everybody else but. Um, just in terms of the offense, I mean, I came in, we were a very, you know, eye back formation, kind of that true West coast started to do a little bit of the up-tempo and air raid offense or the spread offense started, started to do some, uh, zone reads with Alex Smith in there. Um, and then it slowly started to become that new wave of the RPOs, the run pass options. And once we started doing that, all of a sudden, instead of being an inline tight end, um, I started to kind of separate from the line of scrimmage a little bit more on first and second down in the base packages. And I was stealing uh, one or two catches just in the run game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that was huge. That was huge to be able to get those big plays or those, yeah. those 10 to 15-yard plays on, on a first down. And uh, so it's just been fun to see Coach Reed be open to, to evolving this thing uh, based on the pieces that he has. And um, sure enough, when Pat got here, it just kind of opened the floodgates to, to be able to do anything on any down. Yeah. So. You don't say. And it, yeah. And, in, and another thing, too, Kels, we were talking about it over text, like Nagy, dude. Having Nagy back in the building, and what kind of effect has he had? Because he was there. He was the quarterback coach for, for me when I was there. He was the offensive coordinator, left for the Bears, obviously come back. What has he brought to the building? Because I know guys love him. I know you love him. And it was okay. awesome a couple weeks ago to see him get that win for the for the Bears. I tweeted out, Matt Nagy revenge game. Like, a lot of people weren't understanding it. Like, uh, go. Like, that, this guy's my guy, you know? Everybody in the building and those Nags know we, we had to get that one for him, man. Um, but, you know, I think what Coach Nagy brings to the table is kind of what we just mentioned about what Coach Reed brings, and that's the ability to teach the game. Yeah. You know, you're not just going out there saying, let's go run a slant. Why are we calling slant? You know, how should you run it against this defender or this defense? You know, and I think Coach Nagy does a great job of explaining that. So it just it helps get everybody else on the same page and uh, and, and doing the same things. And, um, you know, it's just uh, it's been the best, man, because you can't name a, a better person, a better guy to, to go out there and battle with because, you know, he's going to he's always going to have your back, man. Yeah. Look, the Chiefs have always been about offense in this Patrick Mahomes era, but this is the best defensive unit you guys have had since yeah. Patrick Mahomes has been there. Yeah, and and despite the fact that he called you Jamie Kennedy from Malibu's Most Wanted, <laughs> uh, you, wow. you, you have a relationship with Chris Jones, man. You Don't literally tried to, you tried to broker that deal to get him in there. He's back. And, and you look at this defense you have. You have Jones and Karloftis and Dana up front. Willie Gay, Leo Chennault, and Nick Bolton when he comes back healthy uh, at, from the linebacking core. And the, the cornerbacks and safeties you guys drafted in 2022 has been remarkable. What's it like for you as an offensive player knowing, hey, we don't have to score 35 knowing these guys will have our back? Yeah, I don't. I haven't even thought of it like that. I think of it as like, man, we should be blowing teams out right now. And that's kind of the mentality that I have. Like our defense is keeping teams – under, you know, 21 points, three scores every single game. 
we should be at least putting up 30 a game, and that's just the, the pride that I have and the, the ability that I have in the offense and the skill players that we got. Um, so it's just that's kind of the mentality, and we haven't been able to, you know, just put an entire four quarters together. Um, the Bears game was probably the closest to it, and, you know, that was a good win for us. But we know that, um, that you know, just moving forward that we got to keep building this thing. And, uh, and you know, guys are going to keep finding their role. They're going to keep finding their role and where they can make – where they can make plays and where they can step up. And uh, and that's the fun of it, man. That's the fun of it. You see guys, you know, I get, I get more excited for for these young guys to get catches than I do for myself. So <laughs> yeah, it's a fun time, man. Uh, it certainly is. And it all started because you caught a touchdown pass over the middle, I believe, against the Bengals from this guy, Chase Daniel. You're, you're oh, yeah, first yeah, official. Yeah. So really, really, Chase is the reason for everything here, right? Let's just be real. I'm the first guy. Remember forever, baby. A little two-minute drill to end the half, take it to the crew. Do you remember – okay, do you remember the play call? It was uh, – it was it was Trips right Madden. It was it was two – and then we and then we yes. bunched it. We bunched it, it. We bunched it, and you outran a safety. And I tell you what, honestly, with you and the trainer on the sideline, because you had just come back from injury, like yeah. that – I'm getting chills, David dude. Glover, I'm getting baby. chills about it. Yes, Glover. Mm-hmm. And – I didn't even know I could run that fast anymore. No, no one did. No one did. And I'm telling you, after injury, he was the guy who got you right, dude. I'm getting chills talking about it because it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. On, on the field, you were, you were excited, but as soon as you went off the field, you went right up to him and embraced him. Dude, that That's was the coolest right moment I've ever right. seen. I appreciate that, man. That was, uh, you already know, man, injuries, you never know how you can come back from injuries or whether, and just, that was the confidence boost that I needed uh, to, to just, you know, keep moving forward, man. That was a fun one, brother. Appreciate Listen, the I, I, pass, baby, right in the gut. <laughs> right in the gut. I, I, think, I think people need to understand how football geeky this just was. Like, this this was a play that happened in 2015, 14? When was this play, right? Yeah, this was- yeah, 14. 14. 2014, and you guys both remembered the freaking play call from a preseason game. Oh, yeah. It was electric, man. It was electric. That's, that's insane. That's insane. Well, look, uh, I, I, I know you, you were, we don't want to take too much of your time, but you, but you mentioned injury. Uh, real quickly, how nervous were you before the first game when you, when you sort of hyperextended that knee? Like, yeah, were you going through worst-case scenarios? I've never felt like an old fart ever in my life until that moment. Welcome to the rest of your life, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what it was? It was karma because I was we were on New Heights the with the show with my brother. We were on there talking about how his wife, uh, now a retired uh, field hockey coach, uh, or a field hockey player, now a coach, uh, got banged up or got injured trying to like play and just reminisce on her glory days. And sure enough, here I am going out there. Uh, just running a, a casual route, throwing my foot in the ground, uh, nonchalant, and uh, hyperextending my knee. And um, I, I honestly, it was uh, it wasn't easy to deal with because I I put pride in myself being out there every single week, and de- even that, like honing honing in on the details of of practice and route running and purposeful movement. And sure enough, uh, not being able to get out there for my teammates, knowing that we had a young uh, young young roster, and especially in this uh, all the skill positions. Uh, I don't know. Just uh, not being out there, that was a tough one to watch, man. Well, you've made up for it in, in the game since. So, look, we appreciate your time, Travis. Uh, you and I go way back. You've always been uh, great to me, and you've always been great to, to Chase. So thanks for being with us. But before we let you go, I just have to say this one thing. Okay? What do you got? I, we, I'm on record. There's a rant from three weeks ago. Uh, Chase asked me a certain question said, I do not care. Like, I do not care. It doesn't matter to me. It matters to a lot of people. 
I do not care. You, you can find that rant. We'll send it to you. But I'm just curious. Did you ever think it would become the thing that it became? Did that, that ever cross your mind? Did you understand the concept no, of what, what we were entering here? I had no idea, man. I had no <laughs> idea. You, you can't tell me that anybody else did either. But um, I can't be mad at how it's all played out. I'll, I'll say that. Well, if you are, you're an idiot. So good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. And you, my friend, are no idiot. Uh, look, yeah. Travis, we appreciate the time, brother. Keep balling, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon, okay? You're the best, Trey. Chase, Thank love you, Travis. brother. Appreciate you, you, bro. All right, so once again, our thanks to Travis Kelsey for joining us. And, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully people will know who he is now. And he's, yeah. Uh, he's sort of established himself <laughs> through these recent series of events. Yeah. <laughs> Over the last couple of weeks. I do find it, like... Look, we didn't want to dwell on it because obviously it's been drilled to death. Yeah. But it is funny to me, you know, the dichotomy of this whole thing. Oh, people say, oh, well, now people know who Travis Kelsey is if you're, if you're not an NFL person. And if you're an NFL person, you're like, the hell are you talking about? Everybody knew who Travis yeah. Kelsey was. Like, it's just, it's just what, what circle you swim in sort of dictates how you thought about that entire situation. This whole situation is just wild for me. And I know Travis and thanks Travis for coming on the show, man. Like you were great. Right, I know, I know, I know at the end of the end of the day, like he just wants to focus on football. Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah he's doing whatever with her and stuff like that. But like the dude is such a good dude and like cares about football as a leader on the field, like yeah. all that stuff. But it's just, it is a little bit, it's just wild how much it's yeah. just like, you know, blown yeah. up. And uh, he owes it all to you, as we said in the interview. So First touchdown pass, let's go. N nicely done. Um, all right, speaking of another situation that is a little less tenable, and that would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals last year started 0-2, but then finished 12-2 and and obviously made it to the AFC Championship game. But they had a healthy Joe Burrow and a better offensive line, and uh, T. Higgins wasn't trying to play with a fractured rib. So before we get anywhere else, let's just deal with the T. Higgins thing. Like, you can't breathe. If you oh. have a broken rib. I remember Tony Romo played with a flak jacket, and I thought that was insane. Have you ever had a broken rib? Yeah. No, I, I, I haven't had a broken tell, rib. I, 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 yeah, I've had some cartilage misplaced before, yeah. which is honestly even worse than a broken rib. And yeah. when you have a broken rib, I don't care um, what you're doing. Like getting out of bed, if you're laying flat, right? You're laying vertical, and you yeah. want to go to get horizontal, and you come, and nah. just like the slightest, yeah, yeah like, ah, like the slightest movement is like, stop that you're being a girl like you're being the, like no. whatever like i don't care like you're so weak like no no it like you sneeze on ir on ir like a second you sneeze and so for him to do that and then as a receiver you're getting hit and you're getting um mess around and you got to be slipped like you're extending you're good extending luck. you know There's no way i mean yeah, just, justin dealt with it last year right and yeah. and fracture rib cartilage week yeah, two and week it two. is Dude, he wasn't the same for six weeks. Like, obviously, like it yeah. just—it just is not—it's not easy to do. Like, it's a huge—it's a huge injury in terms yeah. of like being able to function on the football field. By the way, I, I just have to tell the story now that you talk about people saying, "Oh, what are you doing? It's a rib." A few years ago, we used to do these pre-draft parties uh, with the Patriots because they were close by, and you know, uh, when I was at ESPN, and we'd go up there and you know talk to the fan base, and you know, Gronk with a couple other players were there. One of these, one of these. Boston hard dudes gets up there and goes, Gronk, man, what do you think about the NFL? It's getting so soft. You know, this guy's 5'8", you know, this wide in a T-shirt. You know, what do you think about the NFL getting so soft? And Gronk looks at him and goes, bro, 
after every game, I feel like I'm in a car wreck. What the hell are you talking about? Like these, yeah. these guys who say this kind no of shit clue. don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. Like Gronk's yeah. like, sit down, fool. You have no idea what I'm going <laughs> well, every, through. Every okay? collision's like a car wreck, man. Like you're just bait, yeah. like every single collision. Like people, like go, I dare you, 5'8 guy that Trey yeah. knew and talked to, soft. like sit down, soft. like soft guy. Go out there, put on some pads yeah. and some helmet and go get yeah. hit by Chris yeah. Jones or Aaron Donald. Tell me how you feel. You'll be yeah. on a hospital bed for six weeks. Yeah, exactly. Your perspective would, what's one of the more? Change. Um, yeah. So does our perspective need to change on Cincinnati? Because look, it's it's obvious that Joe Burrow is being limited by the calf injury. And here, here's the thing. It's not changing. Okay, it's kind of like the rib issue or the fractured cartilage that Herbert had. You know what, what this kind of injury requires? Eight weeks of doing nothing. Time. You know what you can't do during the football season? Eight weeks of doing nothing. Like <laughs> even if you took Burrow out for a couple of games, yeah. it's still going to be a problem. Uh, Ed Werder, one of my good friends over at ESPN, had this great staff from ESPN Stats and Info. Ed, Ed put this up on, on Twitter. It'll never be X. It's Twitter. Twitter. That, um, tweet, tweet. <laughs> that Joe Burrow is the first player in NFL history to have 150 pass attempts through the first four games of a season and average less than five yards per attempt. And this, that's a bunch of numbers, okay? What that basically tells you is they're not driving the ball down the field. Yeah. And they're not driving the ball down the field for two reasons. One, the offensive line is worse than it's ever been in Cincinnati. And oh, by the way, Burrow's been hit more and sacked more the last two years than any quarterback in football. And he can't plant and drive. So yeah. are the Bengals in real trouble after being in the Super Bowl two years ago, back-to-back appearances in the AFC Championship game, based on the calf injury that Burrow suffered in like the first week of training camp? The, the Bengals are in trouble, and clearly and honestly, the only reason is because of Burrow. He, he does yeah. not look like himself. He looks like a shell of himself. He's getting hit. He's not throwing the ball away. He's taking sacks. He's trying to get out of stuff. What he know, like He is clearly hurt by this calf injury. And like you said, you said it. I was going to say it. But like you, you, the only way like a calf injury doesn't linger is if you have time off. You are literally yeah. on practice walking to practice. Like, even walk, like, it, it hurts. And I know he's getting round-the-clock treatment. It just seems like there's something different about this Bengals team, and I can't figure it out. It's only been four games. But when you go to Tennessee and lose to a Tennessee team like that, I'm not saying Tennessee's not good because I think they're okay. Yeah. But when you go and lose like that. it's the way they lost, Chase. But it's the way they lost. Exactly. And yeah. it just, if you're a Cincy fan, like, temper some expectations because what's happening right now is I mean it confuses me too because I'm like hey maybe Jamar Chase was on to something when he said hey we don't need Burrow till week five or six like like we're good like we're good like it makes me question are they better off are they better off without him as a full 100% participant on the field which he's not he's playing he looks like he's playing at 60% or are you better with Browning or whoever the backup quarterback is at least run the offense at least go out there do it and that, that to me is like, I'm almost starting to, to think like, hey, Jamar Chase was on to something. Yeah, well, you know, Jamar Chase was the same guy who said we got beat by elves. No, buddy, you got beat by everybody. Yeah. Okay? You're getting beat by everybody right now. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the Bengals, what the, the, the Bengals are a classic example right now of they think there's something and everyone else thinks there's something else. And it's being shown up in the way they're played. It's being shown up in the way they're being schemed against. Every defensive coordinator has the film. 
Okay. They see the same things that you and I see. They see yeah. a line that can't protect him and they see a guy that can't drive off the ball. And, and, and that has been such a part, like go to the AFC championship game last year. There were a couple of plays, you know, uh, we call them 50, 50 balls. You know, Burrow said, no, those are 80, 20 balls because yeah. my guy chase is going to go up and get him. The problem is he doesn't have the time nor the, the nor the drive on that leg to throw those 80 20 balls right now yeah. that's their biggest problem that's yeah, rough yeah i mean it's um, it's rough and that's that's the thing. like i just don't know if i'm a bengal's fan and i'm even teammates of joe burrow and Cincy, like i got to be thinking real like wh- what's going to change like what's going to be so different about us moving forward because offensively they're just in a rut and it literally i mean it's just it, it's it's one of the best offenses in football without – if you fix that offensive line and you fix Burrow, like to me it's it's one of the best offenses in football. They've shown it. Now, could they get hot at the end of the year, get into the tournament and make some noise? Yeah, sure. But Joe Burrow's calf has to be 100%, and I don't know if it ever will be because I've dealt with some calf stuff, and it is a pain in the butt. Even the treatment. That's what people don't understand is like when you have an injury like this, okay – not only are you trying to get your injury better, but you're doing a lot of treatment on it. That treatment requires yeah. time, time away from practice, time away from film work, time away from sleep. All this stuff adds up to where you're not able to be able to 100% focus on the game plan. That to me is what's happening right here. All right. You, you're, it is Jake Browning. I mean, like there's the thing I just, people, who is the Bengals backup quarterback? What you need to know about Jake Brown. Like at some point you have to decide, like I remember a couple of years ago when Baker Mayfield was going out there with a torn labrum in his shoulder for Cleveland and he wanted to gut it out. At some point you have to say to yourself, okay, is a hundred percent of Jake Browning better than 60% of Joe Burrow based on our ability, based on the other players we have. And, And look, Burrow to me is one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, I don't think that's a debatable opinion. You can debate no. where you want to put him in those yeah. top three uh, in the NFL, but I don't think it's a debate. In fact, I, he might be number two behind Patrick Mahomes for me. You know, some people will say Josh Allen, and I respect that. Some people always say Tua because of the way he's playing right now. But based on the body of work, I'm not putting Burrow behind anybody but one dude, and that's yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, So yeah. if Burrow is going to say he's going to go, at some point, you know, you, you ride him until you as a coach, Zach Taylor says, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the things you're trying to do. But right now, it, it, it's not working. And how difficult is that relationship? Because you know that that's your guy forever. And you know if he's right, this isn't a debate. It's not a, I mean, there's not a thought process here. But how do you sort of manage that relationship with managing what one person can and can't do? Yeah, eventually it comes down to Zach Taylor. And he already said this week that he's playing at Arizona. Like, Joe Burrow's already playing. Like, yeah. he's playing. They're not sitting them, so forth and so on. So that relationship between a quarterback and a coach, sometimes you have to, as a head coach, make a decision that's in the best interest of the team, not your superstar player. And right now it doesn't seem like Zach Taylor saying, hey, Zach Taylor must think, hey, he still gives us the best chance to win, even though he's 50 to 60% a shell of himself, which to me yeah. is like, hey – that, that's that's why you're getting paid the big bucks, man. That's why you're getting paid to make these decisions, but it's not panning out right now. No, it isn't. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there going forward. But, you know, like I said, last year they started 0-2. This is the third time in four years or fourth time in five years yeah. they've started 0-2. So we're used to this. But you know, they, they went 12-2 and after uh, after that uh, 0-2 start last year. And right now they're 1-1 uh, one and one, uh, yeah. after that 0-2 start. And, you know, they should beat Arizona. But, yeah. uh, you know, Josh Dobbs has been surprising 
Yeah, um, has been has played surprisingly well for the Arizona. Really Cardinals. surprising. So we'll see what yeah. happens there. Really, really good. I'm happy for that kid. <laughs> Me too. Um, then there's your old team, bro. Like, I, I, like, does Brandon Staley like just wanting to see how far he can push it? Second week in a row in a one possession game inside his own thirty, he goes for it, backfires. The just like the Vikings game last week, yeah. the the Raiders with you know. Adrian O'Connell, a rookie quarterback who looks like a chunky uh, David Carr. Let's just be honest. He looks kind of like a chunky David Carr back there. No body shaming. I'm just saying, you know, you're a thicker dude, dude. T-H-I-C-C, Adrian is. Oh, my God. He makes a critical mistake at the goal line, throws an interception, much in the same way Kirk Cousins actually threw a great pass. It just bounced off the receiver's hands and was intercepted by Murray, the linebacker. He's been bailed out twice for a horrible decision. At what point does Tom Telesco... The general manager of the Chargers have to have a talk with Brandon Staley and say, tell me why you're doing what you're doing because it's almost killing us. Yeah, I mean, I think they've definitely had that talk. But honestly, the the talk in that facility right now going into their bye week and that team is, hey, our last two games, we're 2-0. and Right? Like, we're 2-0. and even though, even though those decisions were questioned by many, including myself, on the couch, playing couch quarterback, like, hey, what are you doing? And both weeks, the defense helped him out with interceptions at the goal line. And, and sometimes, like, listen, sometimes decisions like this, and they end up paying off, and they end up winning, and the, the, the buy is happening at a perfect time for Justin Herbert, especially with a fractured finger. Like, sometimes moves like this and wins like this can galvanize a team. And I'm no telling question. you right now, like, like that, that locker room still has, and, and, and he's really good in front of the team. But at some point, you have to be able to stand up in front of your team, which he does every week, win or loss. This is why we did these things. So he's explaining yeah. it to the team. It's not like it's like some hush-hush, quiet, like let's go somewhere else, let's do something else. Like, no, he is head-on fights it any criticism anything in the media like he just tells the guy straight up in a team meeting and he's a hundred percent honest so i think that's why guys like him now that being said is this going to galvanize a team can their defense um play better how's justin going to be with a fractured finger i mean the injury bug has been killing him like where do we stand trey i want to know your opinion because everyone knows how i feel what like where do we stand with the chargers and what they're doing well before i do that i, I like I know he's talked to you about this because you played there a couple of years. What is his philosophy on always going for it? Like that was that Thursday night game a few years ago against the Chiefs where if they kick field yeah. goals, that game doesn't get to overtime and there's no way they lose, okay? Uh, there, there was the game in Kansas City a couple uh, last season or two seasons ago, uh, 27, you guys won 27 to 20. You yep. went for it on fourth and eight from the goal line and you oh, got bailed wow. out by a, by a PI call. Like, what is, what is Staley's philosophy that he tells to the team about why he is relentless in always going for it on fourth down? Yeah, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know necessarily why he is always going for it because it seems like a lot. But what he tells people and what he tells Justin is like, hey, I want my best player with the ball in his hand. And that's not the kicker. That's not the field goal unit. That's not the punter. That's not the running back. That's you, Justin Herbert. And honestly, you saw it. You saw it at the end of the game. Last week, when they let him throw on third and ten, when most teams would, would, would like run the ball, he launched a go ball perfect to Josh Palmer 
dagger. Like, to me, the way they ended that game. But at the end of the day, it comes down to say, hey, he's, he's telling the team, he's telling, I want the ball in my best player's hands to win the game. And sometimes it works out, and a lot of times it hasn't. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. Like, to me, like, it, it feels like there's a generation of coaches now that don't understand the value of a field goal. Like Dan Campbell, yeah. I would put one of those. Like Dan, Dan has made some horrendous decisions, in my opinion, that had that he's been bailed out on. There were a couple of them in that month, that Thursday night game against Kansas City. I'm like, what are you doing? Including the play at the end of the half where they took that penalty, which allowed that yeah. touchdown to happen. Uh, that really uh, got the, got the Chiefs rolling. They were able to recover from it because of you know bloody stumps. But but there was, <laughs> there was <laughs> dude, stop saying entirely. That. I just. I, I just these guys need to. Un- it's, sometimes it's okay to kick the fucking field goal or punt yeah. it away and trust your defense. Um, well, yeah. I mean, did you did you see the stat? Look, look. I just I saw a stat this morning. Seven NFL teams, NFL teams didn't score a touchdown this week. Yeah. Like they didn't score a touchdown. Field goal, defensive touchdowns. To me, that's wild. I can't remember the last time that happened. So yeah, they, maybe they need to kick more field goals. Maybe they don't. But it's just not. It's not. It's not in a good good spot right now for some of these guys. Look, I mean, Staley has been bailed out, okay? Yeah. There's no question. So he, he's been bailed out. But at the end of the day, like, it, you got to stop it. Okay. Yeah. All right, Chase, let's finish up. Rapid fire here. If you could describe the state of the Chicago Bears in one word, it would be. It Catastrophe. Would be. Catastrophe. <laughs> I tried to do a disaster, and I looked up synonyms for disaster because disaster doesn't even put it correctly. Catastrophe. Not only with... That defense, I thought Justin Fields played a lot better. Like, like honestly, like went back through every one of his plays, every one of his throws, and was just so impressed with how he played. But that defense, catastrophe. I mean, giving up 24, The, the decision-making around the fourth and one yeah. was a disaster. Come on. Chase Claypool. Like, what all that doing? situation. Yeah. Like, okay, that, that's for me, catastrophe. What about you? What's your word? I, I had to use two. It would be dumpster fire. So that, that's the only way I could I yeah. could come up with it. It's just it's 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 as bad as it could possibly be, and yeah. they've got to figure it out. All right, if you can combine one team's offense and another oh. team's defense to create a super team, who would it be? All right, so I actually spent most. I, we have this huge rundown that Chinch yeah. sends us, our producer, and this is the one that I probably spent time the most on because I wanted to make the best super team ever. Defense, without a doubt, it's the Cowboys. Okay. Okay. That's my All defense. Right. That's my That's defense. And my offense, not Miami Dolphins, which a lot of people would say, not Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I, I, I'd have to agree with the Buffalo Bills on this one. I, no, no, hold on. Just to be different, I'm going to take San Francisco. Okay? Because I trust oh. their offensive line more. I trust I like their it. offensive line more. C-Mac coming off an historic game. I think he's tied Jerry Rice's record with 13 consecutive games with a touchdown. Defense, you can go a lot of different ways, right? Uh, you can go Dallas. You could go the Jets. Um, there's a lot of different ways. I think I might go the Jets. So uh, wow. I, I, okay. I would take I would take the 49ers offense. But I mean, like, there's no wrong answer here. I would take the yeah. 49ers offense because I just love the offense. Trent Williams running down the field as fast as he does at his age <laughs> yes. and his size is still yes. freaking insane. So yes. I would go maybe San Francisco and the Jets. Okay, you mentioned the Cowboys. Which team are you more confident in right now? Uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles or Dak and the Cowboys? Cowboys. Cowboys. I, I, I'm not buying the four. Really? Part. Yeah. No. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being real. Like, I, I'm not buying. I mean, the way the Commanders played them um, this past weekend, like, I, I don't know. I, I just think there's something 
and, and I've always wondered this, is it Jalen Hurts or is it his supporting cast? And, and Jalen Hurts obviously had a great year last year, but I think right now, Dak and the Cowboys, to me, with that defense and what they're able to do, I think they're going to end up having a better record at the end of the year than the Eagles. What about you? Well, I'm going to go with the Eagles uh, just because, you know, and, and you're talking about a guy who, used to, who was a Cowboys fan growing up. Like, I, I've seen this before. Right, yeah. I've seen yeah. this before. No, right. At least I've seen the Eagles put it together over a postseason on more than one occasion. And Jalen Hurts did something on Sunday that only uh, Joe Montana and weirdly Steve Bartkowski have ever done. Won five straight games when they were down by double digits. Wow! Uh, they came back to win yeah. five straight games when down by double digits. They were down by ten against the Commanders. So I'm I'm definitely riding Hurts and the uh, and, and the Eagles there. All right. In Tampa, are we seeing the real Baker Mayfield? Like, this has uh, been way more impressive than I think a lot of people thought, including myself. Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't want to watch Baker Mayfield film until now because now I want to figure out. It's four games in. They're three and one. I wanted to figure out, and I'm going to watch it literally right after the show. Maybe we'll have a segment on it next week because is this the real Baker Mayfield? I don't know. I mean, the way he's turned around his career, if you take the last four or five, three games from the Rams last year, the first four games this year, you put together a six, seven, eight game stretch. He's played really, really good football. And it's not that he has been making these amazing throws. It's that he's taking care of the football, that he's playing within the offense. That offensive coordinator down there from the Seattle Seahawks in Tampa has done an awesome job getting the most out of Baker Mayfield. Okay, and we'll leave it on this one. Why were you afraid to not tell Travis Kelsey you met Taylor Swift first? We have the picture. You were way <laughs> back there. Back in the day, you were, you were there before anybody else even thought about it. I know. In, in, in fact, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think he wanted to talk about it. I think he's so focused on football. But I probably should have. And I tweeted out a pretty aggressive tweet. I mean, let's be yeah. real. It was yeah. joking. But it got a lot of was like, it? whoa. Like, was hey. It? It was, was joking. It? My wife, my wife wrote it. Was Come it? on, and and honestly, the, it was my wife's idea to do all that pomp and circumstance. Oh, fine, throw the, your wife under thing. the bus. Really <laughs> nice, the, Chase. It's, it's Great job. Wife. It's Hillary who helped me think about all this thing. She's the mastermind behind it all, bro. Hillary, I just want to say that I, I I'm I'm so sorry that your husband did that to you, but I have your back. I just want you to know that. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we'll say goodbye. Chase, we'll talk to you next week.